are listening to Self Shoots from the Hip Podcast with your host, Joshua Self. You're listening to Self Shoots from the Hip Podcast with your host, Joshua Self. Who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how goes it? Pretty, pretty good. Everyone's out here trying to not get sick and whatnot. So right. how has it um, affected your life? Um, it hasn't really affected my life at all because I pretty much like to be in the house all the time anyway. Um, <laughs> I already, <laughs> I, I wash my hands, uh, I clean up. <laughs> so it really hasn't affected my life. The only thing I can say that's different is with me being an educator. I'm not going to be, they're talking about not finishing out the school year. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's like kind of a plus. <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean, not it's only are you getting the break. Right, right. It's major, major um, for the children and, and for us. And But it's kind of like, it's kind of like an extended summer vacation. So that would be, I would say that would be the only major change that I've experienced. Right. Okay. Um, but other than that, like even on my off days, this, this is just like my off days. I'm in the house watching Netflix, minding my business, going on do not disturb. Yeah. So, what if anything do you feel uh, is good that could come out of this? Um, a lot of people are going to be paying a lot more attention to their children, family time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like um, a lot of conversations that needed to be had will be had during this time. Um, I feel like we're just going to be closer together. Some people will be more sympathetic to the next person. Um, a lot of people are looking out for our elderly now instead of just, you know, a few people here and there. Right. It's a lot more people like, hey, leave up the extra stuff on the shelf. You don't need that many, you know, make sure you leave some. Somebody might need that or somebody might be on WIC or somebody might be on a limited budget or, you know, if you can afford to get these more expensive things. People are looking out for one, just one another more now. I would say that. That's good. That's um, good more compassion i would say yeah so of the things that you've seen change whether in your personal life or um in the world in general like after the virus is all over with and everything's kind of settled down what things would you want to kind of persist afterwards (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can get behind that yeah I don't understand why we have to tell people to wash your hands. Uh, but the cleanliness, and I would say togetherness, and the people being more humane and looking out for one another, and um, less carbon footprints as well. Yeah, for sure. It can't go out as much. Like, if, and people aren't playing when they say, like, the, the earth is here, has been sick. We've been the toxicity in the earth. Yeah. So, I mean, just basically all the good. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time and talent. Cool, beats, no problem at all. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> you were listening to Self Shoots from the Hip podcast with your host Joshua Self, and I had to bring on another podcaster, uh, Mr. Jeffrey Davis. Um, what up? What up? How's everything going? It's going, man. Hanging in there like a loose tooth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we've got the uh, coronavirus rampaging and all that. Um, so I just want to talk to you for a second about your experiences. Like, how has your life changed um, now that so much, like, pretty much everything is on lockdown? You know, uh, all these places are closed and everything. So how has things changed for you? Well, a lot. I mean, um, um, I, own a, I own a gym here in Nashville, Tennessee, and, you know, um, a lot of small business owners, myself included, are going, shit, are we going to be able to, to, to 
to make it for however many weeks or months we're going to have to stay closed and um you know i mean uh, or or do you try and stay open and get community backlash and right you know there's like it, it's it's tough man i think that and I, I kind of have maybe an unpopular opinion about the whole situation i don't know if we, if you want to get into that or not but um you know i think that that well, you let me you you let me know if you want to go there or not. Uh, um, I think we got time. Um, right. We can be honest and frank here. Like this is a a very truthful place. You know, I I don't right. want anything less than the one hundred percent unfiltered truth. So yeah, that's, that's say what you got to say. Yeah, no, for you know, for me, it's it's um, you know, I'm not saying that any that that any loss of life is not tragic for, for people that lose people that they care about it obviously is regardless of the cause um but the math is not matching the hysteria in my opinion right Mm -hmm. like as of yesterday morning according to the world health organization ten thousand people approximately have died worldwide of covid19 um and according to the cdc which of course is an american organization um according to the cdc just this past flu season that we're still on the tail end of technically um, just this flu season, 30,000 people have died just in the United States of the flu. And we have a vaccine for that. Right. Um, so ten, so three times as many people have died in the U S this flu season for people that have been people that have died in the world from COVID-19 and the people that are dying from COVID-19 are the same people that are unfortunately at risk from any, any, you know, other cold, upper respiratory infection, pneumonia, flu, whatever. It's it's people that are elderly or and or people that are unwell or have some kind of other underlying issue that puts them at risk. Right. 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 Um, this is not like the avian flu that actually was killing you know people that were young and healthy mm-hmm. and didn't have any pre-existing condition. Um, though we didn't co- lock down the world for that. <laughs> you know? uh, so true. I don't understand where, relatively speaking, uh, something I didn't understand to to well i'll i'll say that for a second down the road but um something that i didn't understand or didn't know till yesterday was i was like it hit me i went how many people die in the world every day i wonder and so you know you go to the almighty google and go wow 150,000 people die every day which doesn't seem realistic but like i've checked it to three different sources and that's the number right and and i'm like okay it's just it's tragic right anyone that loses someone they care about that's that's a loss that hurts um but what i'm afraid of and what i see happening and what i think is going to continue to happen with covid-19 is the people that are losing their jobs losing their livelihoods losing their businesses um losing their entire way of life because of the mass hysteria is going to dra- impact drastically more people than people that actually get ill and or unfortunately pass away from COVID-19. I mean, we're looking at coming out of this thing in a, in another massive recession, if not great depression all over again. And, you know, uh, a lot of folks in the world and the country live hand to mouth, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and a lot of places I know are doing well, we won't charge late fees on missed payments or this or that, but you still got to pay your bills when it's all said and done. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think about it? I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here going, I wonder if my gym's going to survive, you know, and, and yeah, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. There's, there's, um, 200 cases, confirmed cases of COVID-19 in all of Tennessee right now. Right. Um, and, and half of them are in Davidson County, which is Metro Nashville, 
Um, and our very first person that died of COVID-19 complications was yesterday. And he was a 73-year-old man with pre-existing health conditions, so the news said. Right. And then and the mayor of Nashville goes on, uh, on, on TV and calls it a tragic and historic loss of life. And yeah. I'm like, he, he could have just as easily died of a cold or a flu or pneumonia. He was an at-risk person for any illness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just—it's like it feels like the media and the politicians are just, in my opinion, just trying to spin this up into a bigger and bigger and bigger tizzy. Not that I think, sure, it should be researched, it should be followed. We should develop vaccines and medicine and treatment protocols. That is all true. But ten thousand people dead in three months in the world. In the grand scheme of things, that's that's no. There are things that are killing way more people way faster right now. That's true. And so I think part of the issue um, is how long people had to be like the people that had to get hospitalized. Um, they're in there much longer than you would be in like the flu. Um, sure, I think that's one of the bigger issues. It, it's slowing down the healthcare system. Right. Um, if there was like a a shot or an antibiotic or something, you just get somebody then this wouldn't be that big of an issue. But it's the fact that we don't have way, a way to combat it yet. Sure. And it, it slows down the healthcare system. And that's, I think, the, the biggest issue um, when there's just not enough beds to go around. Right. So places like Italy, um, where their population is much older on average than any other country in the world except for Japan, they're having a really hard time. Right. Um and I think that's probably the biggest issue. We don't want to overfill our hospitals and whatnot. Oh, I totally agree. Um, but for me, like I work in pharmaceuticals, so I've only been oh, working basically. Um, like this time of year, historically, is pretty light because um, you're coming out of the flu season, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, because of this, you know, instead it's we're all working you know, twelve-hour shifts, basically six, seven days a week. So I, I don't like how things are going. I can understand it in some ways. I think part of it is a social media and whatnot. Um, like as social media gets bigger, I think it'll be easier for certain things to get out of hand in terms of like the general perception. Um, but you know, that's the world we live in. I can't really do anything about that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, but it's not just social media, right? It's like, regular news outlets and politicians that are standing up. I mean, like Nashville's mayor Mm -hmm. calling it a tragic and historic loss of life. No, a guy that was 73 years old that had preexisting conditions, unfortunately caught an illness and passed away of complications from it. Right. You know, I mean, it's, you know, who knows? I I wonder what the numbers are, how many folks died of, you know, of some other ill complications of an illness that we do have medicine for yesterday in Nashville. Um, you know, I don't see why one matters. No. And don't hear me saying that it's again, any loss of life is tragic and this is an issue in in an illness that needs to be studied and researched and addressed and, and monitored and, and, and medicine to be created for, in my opinion. But, you know, you, you, you mentioned Italy, you know, an Italian study came out two days ago. I'm sure you probably saw it where it said that the age of the people that died in Italy, there's this huge, massive death toll, right? Um, I think it's 4%, 5% in Italy from COVID-19. And said that the study said that the average person was 79 and a half years old and right. 99% of them had, or people that were previously sick or had a pre-existing, a pre-existing condition. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's right back to that, like that, you know, person that's at risk of anything right? right like whether it be a flu or a cold or anything this time of year especially 
And I that's just, the unfortunate part. Is it's difficult to talk about certain subjects like this because yeah. you don't want to trivialize the death of anyone. No. But when you're trying to make public policy, you know, you had to um, sort of quantify that, you know, like this person is likely to get killed from everything versus this person is not likely to get killed by anything, you know, Um and then the people that are in the middle. And, and so it, it's difficult to really um, make good policy when you have to kind of walk on eggshells. And I think given that this is an election year, a big mm-hmm. one, uh, I mean, even the um, the census is going around or whatever. So there's just a lot of um, reason for po- politicians to kind of jump on the latest fad, which unfortunately is this virus that has killed people and has crippled many uh, healthcare systems. Um, mm-hmm. and, I mean, that's just, just how it goes. It is. I mean, but, and, 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 and that is, I don't mean to sound cold. I know I sound cold and people, you know, I had a friend go, well, where's the, you know, you say you don't care about the humans that are dying. I'm like, obviously I care about them, but I also care about the massive number of people that are going to be drastically adversely affected, if not have their livelihoods and lives utterly shot to shit because of all of the restrictions and the, the, and the hysteria. I care more about those people. And I'm not saying, well, I mean, Hey, you're 79 and a half and you, and you have a preexisting condition and you die of coronavirus. Oh, you know, sucks to be you, but that's not what I'm saying, but I understand what you're getting at. Yeah. I mean, if you look, I'm always like, I always try and take a step back from situations to take an objective look at it as best I can, right? And I mean, I guess it comes back to the math doesn't match the hysteria for me. I understand not, what you're saying. I, I mean, I mostly agree, but um, because, <laughs> it's okay if we don't agree. Um, we had a massively um, passionate disagreement on my podcast this week about this very thing, yeah. you know, and, and me and my couple guests, we, we were on very different sides of it and it was nobody, it didn't get hostile, but it, it we passionately disagreed and that's yeah. okay. I think because of social media though, um, if you're a restaurant or you're a bar or you're a politician, um, you can't afford to really disagree with the masses, you know? Mm. Um, so I think like a restaurant like the bad publicity could be as bad as not being open at all. Um, That's something I'm having to weigh, you know, at my gym, same thing going well. Um, So do you feel like anything good um, has come of this? Not at all. I can't think of a single thing. And, and, and I'm, I am a pessimist by nature, Mm -hmm. but I do, um, I do kind of have a little, I do tend to see a little ray of sunshine in most things, most things. And I can't see it in this uh, um i know i've got a couple of friends that say well look how people are banding together but i feel like what they're banding together for is again misplaced but yeah um you know so so no is is the answer for me unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> i wish it wasn't but if i'm being honest mm-hmm. um is there something you've seen that were you some some benefits um, there's some ind- uh, indirect things like gas prices being down <laughs> i'll give you uh, that one there you go <laughs> <laughs> like, I would like that to stick around. Right. Um, so some of this stuff, though, I, I'm kind of would be happy for it to go back to some type of normal. Um, like, I, like, I'm not big on, like, hugging and stuff, but the idea that I, I can't even, like, you know, dap somebody up or whatever or mm-hmm. that kind of thing is just like, man, you know, I, mean, I get it, but it just feels very weird and kind of off-putting. 
mm-hmm. when, when you see like your friend or whatever that you hadn't seen in a while, like you'll use like, you know, fist bump or handshake or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and right now it's just like, um, I guess frowned upon. Uh, it's not like illegal or anything, but right. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Give it a week. Yeah. Uh, I do think the uptick in um, delivery services, though, I hope that that sticks around. I think it's just really, really convenient for a lot of uh, businesses and like, you know, grocery stores and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like that's the way of the future anyway. And even though it doesn't affect my job specifically, I think the number of people that are able to work from home um, I think that's an overall plus, even though yeah. I, I don't actually benefit from it. We may come out on, on the other side of this thing and people realize, you know, companies, organizations, big and small, realize, wait a second now, we don't have to have such gigantic infrastructure and office mm-hmm. buildings and our workforce did just fine. Maybe right. even more efficiently from home. Yeah. Um, who knows? Might, we might look be looking at a whole different workplace environment on the backside of this thing. Yeah. Um, I had someone else on the show earlier uh travis mentioned to me um about like disabled people who typically can't work like most regular jobs mm-hmm. but if we're able to increase um the amount of jobs you can do from home a disabled person is more likely to be able to work that type of a job gotcha. where you don't have to you know stand up in an office or um you know navigate a 12-story building or whatever you sure. just um roll your chair or however you get to your desk at home you know yeah um, That's a great point. So I think there's a few things that can come out of this that are positive, but it overall feels like a negative. I mean, the stock is down and everything's closed. And I keep thinking, like, do I want to take a trip? Because I don't want to be the one person that does. And everyone's looking at me like I'm a, a madman. I'm like, the <laughs> you can't, you can't prices are it right really now with good low. prices. <laughs> like getting to Hawaii and back for under 400 is insane. <laughs> right. Like that, so that, does, that never happens. And I'm like, well, I can do it right now though. Um, right. that's funny. I guess that's, that's about it though. Like I, cool, man. I'm ready for this thing to be over with. So, uh, to me, well, about that's your the thing show. too, you know, is, is to say one more thing, mm-hmm. you know, it, you look at it in the first case that we saw on a human, I think, um, was in late December in China, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And, um, and who knows what data coming out of China actually is 100% accurate or anywhere near accurate because they, you know, the governments control so much of what gets information gets out of there. But let's say that that the information that we're getting is is accurate, right? Um, let's just assume that for argument's sake, out of China, well, in in three months without any kind of medicine or anything, China is already on the back end of this thing. Yeah, you know, they're already on the day, which is w- even way, way shorter than a flu season, even with vaccines. Yeah. And so I hope it's it's short lived. You know, the WHO said that that even though the death rates, you know, globally is four percent, they know that there are so many exponentially more cases that go unreported. And some people may just have had so mild of symptoms that didn't even register that it might be yeah. COVID-19. So they know that 4% is not accurate, but all you hear on the news is 4% death, 4% death. Right. And I'm like, I, I, that's one reason I don't watch the news very much is because it just seems like it's always kind of fear mongering. It is. Um, and they got to harp on certain points. Like some things right. are just better for ratings. Right. And I mean, I get 4%, but they're not even telling the whole story of that stat. Even the WHO says we know it's lower than 4%. Mm-hmm. We just can't vet that at this time. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but news outlets and politicians latch onto that four percent and leave off the, yeah. the the backside of that that information but 
yeah man it, it's it's been crazy i hope i hope my gym survives i hope people that have lost their jobs and in the service industry and and other industries are able to regain them shortly mm-hmm. you know, quickly i hope otherwise it could be a mess yeah more than it is it's looking rough out there for a lot of people yeah so tell me about your show uh we wrapped it yeah man my show is the functionally dysfunctional show and um sounds like a lot like what you do you know we uh it's it's me and oftentimes a good friend of mine um he's on about 80 percent of the episodes with me but we have other guests um on on episodes also we just talk about real shit um and everything from from religion to philosophy to to fitness and aliens (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and uh we, we we talk about it all we always have um well kind of a functionally functionally dysfunctional perspective on things um and you know always always talk it real and keep it keep it light too we joke around a lot too and yeah, yeah. so uh you know you you can i used to travel and speak for a living and you can you can tell when you're losing people when you're getting too deep and you got to mm-hmm. do what i used to call when i was speaking you gotta you gotta give them a breather you gotta right. give them a little a little laugh you gotta come up for air <laughs> you know <laughs> before you go back down deep again yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> I got the laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, but yeah, man. So the Funksley Dysfunctional Show and you can listen to us anywhere you can listen to podcasts. All right. Uh, thank you for your time, sir. Thanks for having Thank you.